0: What do you have today, Jeremy?
1: I've got you, babe.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Okay, people. Let's begin. Five, four, three, two, one,
2: two, zero. All on dynamics. Liftoff. We have a lift
1: off.
3: We have
0: lift off. Get up, everybody. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster, Andrew Marcus. And with me now as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative is documentary filmmaker and podcaster, your cultural therapist and mine, the one and only Rebel Pundit. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for Jeremy Siegel! Oh, Jeremy, you're home. You're home. I'm it's back. so good to have you. Oh, welcome,
1: Jeremy. So what have you been doing be while you away? I feel away? like a, I feel like a, I feel like a guest
0: yeah i feel like i've been gone i feel like i've been
1: gone so long i'm just a guest i don't know if
0: i like this i don't i don't Um, i don't like hosting this show by myself and having you on as the occasional guest jeremy we're gonna have to talk about this i think i think the program is gonna need some retooling uh yeah I, 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 i jeremy listen i want you to know The show has gone on in your absence, and the feedback has been tremendous. I've got letter after letter of people telling me the show is better without you. Uh, (laughs) No, I don't have that. Oh, really? Let (laughs) me see. Let me see. Let me see those.
1: Because as far as I know, I get the same emails you get, and I haven't seen those come through.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, they're coming through. I've uh, had a few people call me, though. I've
1: had a few people call me. What's that? I've had a few people call me and say, Where are you? Where have you been? You need to get back on the show. The feedback has been very polite to me. People
0: are saying you're doing a great job holding down the fort. You're doing a great job keeping it going. Uh and, and yeah, I, I agree. feel like implicit I in agree. that is the well, thank you. But I, I feel like implicit in that is the you know, but when is Jeremy coming back? <laughs> and I I agree. When is Jeremy coming back? <laughs> Jeremy, are you a guest of the show? Uh, Jeremy, this show, I've decided uh, I don't want to do it alone. I don't think that this works as a single person format. I think it requires both of us. And if you're not going to be able to be on the program, I'm very tempted to uh, stop what I'm doing and retool to something else, something appropriate for without you, uh, if that ends up being the case, what is, what, what is going on? Where, where are you?
1: Maybe, maybe you could get Ben Shapiro. (laughs) Ben Shapiro to to fill into the Jeremy seat. (laughs) Yeah. Or you could just play clips of him. And have a conversation. You could set it up so that you have a com- an ongoing conversation. Oh no! The last time I played Venture Bureau, I got reamed out in the e- in the email. You got big <laughs> hate mail from Keith the painter. Somebody,
0: one of the emails said, uh, "We'll uh, never get that time back."
1: <laughs> they were upset. for That was bad. That's like <laughs> that is a <like> gut punch. <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: yeah so I don't no, think Venture is going to busy I've been busy, be I've been busy. I, but I don't. I have, I, in, in seriousness. Uh,
1: we're, we're I settling don't love doing in doing the show a lot without you. Going I really on. don't. Noth- it's me talking to myself. I mean, there's, uh, we've had some trials like lately, sometimes. but all blessings. Are you hearing that from God? And uh, Jeremy, but it's very busy. Did we lose you, and there's not a lot of sleep happening Jeremy. in our That's household right now. We have a newborn. Oh, there you go. You and, were gone. Uh, you were gone.
0: I have no idea what you just. said. <laughs> you were gone. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're kidding me. Yeah, you were gone.
1: Whatever you were saying, say it again. I s- I said we've been very busy and we've got a newborn, we're not getting a lot of sleep and it's there's just so much going on. It's hard to commit to doing the program. Um at least every Tuesday and Friday. And this is the best of my ability right now, is what you're getting. Um, but I miss it. I've been listening to you, which I think you've been doing a great job. Uh, I don't think it's the same. Sometimes you sound a little lonely, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> it's not the same. It's a. Di- I think it's a different program without you. I think could I keep doing it without you? I think I could, but. I don't. I, it's. I don't think it's as rewarding for the listener. I don't think it's. I know it's not as rewarding for me. I get something out of my conversation with you, Jeremy. That's that is why I have enjoyed doing this. Uh, I, I can tell you without you, it feels like much more of a chore, and it's a chore that I don't feel like uh, I or the listener are getting as much out of it as they should. Uh, as they do when it's both of us. And I, please don't get me wrong. I don't begrudge you your schedule. I, it was amazing that you were able to do it as often as you were for as long as you were. I simply am, am left with the feeling that without you here full time, it, it may be uh, necessary to retool the show, to retool what the Bait podcast is, um, how often it's on and what exactly it is um without you i feel more compelled to you know just go back to uh you know maybe turning uh, maybe turning it into not go back to turning it into cuz we invented the show together but uh turning it towards um you know more documentary subject uh, not doing it twice a week you know uh, doing it when i've got stories that are worth pursuing and fleshing out and presenting in a in a fleshed out manner um, as opposed to doing what what we've been doing every week, and and then do what we do when you're available to do it, we'd we'll do it. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of what I've been kicking around uh, because you know, and I didn't even I yeah, didn't do a show I, on Tuesday uh, because I just you know I did it on Friday. I I, I did it on the road. Uh, I actually, and I don't know if people heard it. I had to talk quietly because I did it very late at night. My wife was asleep in the other room there. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of privacy. I had to be kind of quiet as I recorded. And I, it's, a, it's a tremendous amount of work to do. I love doing it, uh, but I really love doing it with you. And, um, uh, if it's not going to be with you, like I said, I just, I, uh, I didn't even feel, I didn't feel motivated to do a show on Tuesday. Uh, I just didn't do it. I, uh, yeah. so I don't know, man, uh, is it, is the truth bait podcast dying <laughs> or is it going to continue on the same way or is it going to, is it going to change? I don't know the answer to these questions. I guess we're going to all find out together. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts, Jeremy, what do you think? oh and share the show everybody
1: oh. <laughs> please share the show yeah
3: share, share the th-
1: show that share our are. dying podcast yes share the dying podcast <laughs> <Truth> <laughs> no, they, I call don't, it? they call it podcast, I don't think, p- podcast fade
0: and and i just would add I, this is happening at episode 51 jeremy i didn't celebrate 50 episodes uh because you were not here but now that you are here uh while we're discussing uh the potential death of the truth bait podcast where i also want to wish you happy birthday uh, for having uh, reached 50 episodes with me. I do think that that is a tremendous accomplishment. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back.
1: I was planning to, I was planning to be, I was planning to be on episode 50, but you didn't invite me on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i can't invite you on
0: to every episode you have an open invitation jeremy <laughs> if i don't hear from you i just
1: figure you're swamped and i um i uh, thought i thought you were gonna te- i thought you were gonna text me and say hey are you doing the show today it's episode 50 and then i just like checked and there was another episode <laughs> were you feeling dejected me. were
0: you were you like what that i felt yeah i felt like yeah it was it was like a dating
1: like yeah it was like some yeah, it was like some kind of dating scenario with a jealous girlfriend or something that wants your time devoted to her, and so she doesn't call you and all that back and forth stuff. <laughs> right? Like, oh, so he didn't. We're so he, never he never called. He never called. Like, yeah, just gonna uh, do the show
0: without him. You know, one way I thought about possibly turning Truth uh, Bane is, you know. <sighs> For our listeners, Jeremy and I spent a great deal of time. We spent about two years following Jim Hoft of Gateway Pundit, and then COVID hit and basically destroyed our production uh, for numerous reasons, but it, it killed it dead. Following
1: him with cameras, <laughs> what, following him with cameras.
0: Yes. Sorry. We were we were in with cameras, documenting Yeah, documenting him uh, because of the story that he was going through, which was really about... Uh, his access as a member of the press, uh, both to the White House and to Congress, um, and as well as what was happening to him online with Facebook and Twitter, the way that he was, and others, you know, his story was just emblematic of what was happening in the community, the way that he was being shadow banned and censored uh, by big tech. And that was the story we were really following um, and uh uh, that, Like I said, COVID hit. It made it impossible for us to work for a number of different reasons. And we just have not been able to reboot that project. And oh, man, Jeremy, there are a lot of times where I feel like, you know, maybe truth bait could be a podcast serial about what Jim Hoft is going through, because I don't know if you've been following his story. We were so far ahead of the game, Jeremy, following him, because now his story, again, whether people know it or not, is the biggest story in the country. I think he might be one of the unindicted co-conspirators in the Georgia RICO filing against Trump and uh, all of his... Uh, compatriots down there. Jim Hoff's name is not anywhere in the indictment, but the 30 unindicted co-conspirators are not named yet. And I will not be surprised if his name is in there, because if you read that indictment, what you'll see is the name Ruby Friedman come up. Is it Freeman or Friedman? Freeman, I think. Freeman. Um, Yeah. Uh, Who uh, was accused of committing uh, ballot fraud or voter fraud, election fraud, uh, because of her behavior and her daughter's behavior uh, as seen on videotape. And um, uh, the charges that Rudy Giuliani is facing and the lawsuits he's involved in are all centered around claims he made that I am pretty sure came from uh, Gateway Pundit's reporting, from Jim Hoff's reporting. And so right now, this entire... Case That is going on in Georgia, the biggest case of, of our times. And he is uh, there. There's also the other case, which is just the First Amendment case uh, uh, of, uh, you know, Missouri versus the Biden administration. I think that's it's Missouri, Missouri versus Biden. Uh, and uh, I forget, was it South Carolina or North Carolina is also in that mm-hmm. case. But the biggest case is going Louisiana, on. Louisiana. The two biggest cases in our country, right. criminally and civilly, uh, involve Jim Hoft. At the very least, involve his reporting. And uh, yeah. it is such a compelling story. Um, and, I, and I can't help but wonder, you know, maybe is there an opportunity for us to turn Truthbait more towards covering that story with the, with the goal of maybe serializing the story? And and, and uh, Jim's not the only one. You've got James O'Keefe, another good friend of ours, who is facing char- criminal charges or criminal investigation by a DA. Yeah,
1: criminal investigation.
0: Yeah, so it's lawfare. Um, and you basically, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's an opportunity to maybe focus, refocus TruthBait to go after those stories. Um, Instead of it being a twice weekly show, it becomes more of a magazine show, a magazine serial on the subject of these, you know, uh, frontline journalists who are being attacked
1: by the state. Uh, Because they're not the only ones. There's a lot of them. Well, there's a lot of possibilities. I I think those are two great ideas that we've talked about. There's other, I mean, we could do, we could really do anything. I don't know if Jim would want that, I mean, though. I think he- <laughs> that's, you know, he's, he's involved in so <laughs> many,
0: he's got so much legal jeopardy now that I don't know that he would want to have everything recorded and subpoenaed. Like everything we would record with him would be subpoenaed. I already feel like every single phone call I'm on with him is listened to by, is
1: surveilled. Yeah, I'm sure that is. I mean, uh, you have to expect now that any conversation you have uh, is being recorded and any action you take is being monitored. I was just thinking, I just saw one of the people that was indicted uh, in Georgia and I was like, oh, great. I was texting with him. who was that? January 6th. Who's well, that? I'm not going to say. Let's Who are I've you talking? T- wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what do you
0: mean you're not going to say? You're, ta- you're texting with one of the j with wait, a J6 defendant? No, no, no. A, a Georgia defendant? <laughs> no, no, no. A Rico one of the
1: one. Yeah, yeah. Who? I don't remember when I was, I'm going to disconnect you from
0: this podcast if you do not give that up. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying... I'm not saying it but it just makes you wonder <laughs> it just man. It, it it makes you it, it, it makes you a little nervous, you know. It's like who are you talking to? Hold who on, are you to, on the phone with? I'm, I'm you know, writing how, ben, Shapiro. How close are you? ben Shapiro in here. He would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> how close are you to these uh how close are you to these indictments? You know? I mean it's 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 pretty creepy. I mean, it's freaky. What's Why aren't going you on tell in this me? country? I'm not done with I this. Think Why are you not going to tell me? I think. What are you worried about? I be, <clears throat> I don't. I. I. I don't need to connect myself to any of those people publicly, specifically. Why would I want to do that? Okay. Well, now I'm just going to pull. They'll up names. come after me if
0: I just if I say the name. Will you tell me? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: You could probably figure it out, maybe. Okay, let me look. I'm going to pull them
0: up. They've already been charged, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Let's see here. You're never going to figure it out. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It, it does. Just, what the point is is <laughs> that it's that we live in a freaky Nazi country.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to give you that one. You're
1: correct. <laughs> and it's no more that's it's not an exaggeration anymore to say that. And it's not disparaging to what people went through in the Holocaust. We got real fascists here arresting people locking people up
0: well, since you mentioned it here, let me play a clip for treason. We're twenty minutes in. We should we should play a clip for people. <laughs> this this is not just a, uh, a this podcast is not just a cry for help. This is also a legitimate show. <laughs> here is Trump. These were his comments after his booking.
2: I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to. Otherwise, you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows that I've never had such support. And that goes with the other ones, too. What they're doing is election interference. They're trying to interfere with an election. There's never been anything like it in our country before. This is their way of campaigning. And this is one instance, but you have three other instances. It's election interference. So I want to thank you for being here. We did nothing wrong at all. And we have every right, every single right, to challenge an election that we think is dishonest, that we think it's very dishonest.
0: and i don't know if you heard him he said he did nothing wrong <laughs> they did nothing wrong yeah I've, election heard, interference. I've, heard comment, him
1: say, I've heard him i've heard him say that a bunch of times you know that's some, that's like a kind of comment that i find disappointing that's one of those things that disappoints I me i know about you want Trump him to,
0: you want him to say it was a coup when he, right
1: i want him to say what it really was what really happened i think it's important so calling it election interference is like it makes it sound not so bad, especially after that's you, you've been you, we've been desensitized to the to that term. You know, you have this so you're Russian disappointed election. in his reaction saying to being collusion. in Georgia. <laughs> in Georgia, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, could, he could be doing it's this concerning. better. concerning. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, he's got the biggest megaphone in the world right now, and I mean, America has been seized. I mean, it's over. Yeah. People are like, oh, people are like, oh, America, you know, if if we don't reverse course, we're, we're not going to survive another generation. Are you kidding me? It's over. It's over. USA. You, USA. Ha- you had a coup. USA. You had a <laughs> coup. You had a military overthrow of the government. You know, it was a military overthrow. Yeah, Jeremy. The question is how, how long ago because it didn't
0: happen in 2020. They just they just grabbed it back in 2020. This happened a long time ago. We have not had an actual election. Well, I think in quite point. some time.
1: Yeah, I think that's another good point. Uh, so I would prefer it if he, I would prefer it if he mixed up his talking points a little bit. Well, either way, he's just got a little bit more. Jeremy,
5: he's going to be fine.
1: Brad Barnes to the rescue.
5: So there are four charges: two under the U.S. code, two under the Georgia code. So the two under the Georgia code are violation of oath by a public officer, which is which is sixteen ten one, and unprofessional conduct by public officers and employees, which is forty five eleven four, and then the two under the U.S. code are under eighteen U.S.C. two four one and two four two, and those. Are conspiracy against rights and deprivation of rights under color of law. Okay, so what exactly are you saying that she did? So it's very clear that she is using her public office uh, to prosecute a political grudge uh, and uh, actions such as charging lawyers uh, for filing legal paperwork and representation of their clients is a for example, is a clear violation of uh, the defendants uh, like Mr. Trump's right to a redress of grievances under the First Amendment.
0: So this is a guy named Brad Barnes. I have no idea who this is. Uh, I, I didn't have time to go look him up specifically. Uh, he's a citizen in Georgia who has filed charges uh, looking to arrest the district attorney who charged Trump, Fanny, uh, Fanny uh, Willis. Fanny Willis? Is that... I should know her name. What's her name? Something like that. What is it? Fanny Willis. Let's look it up. Let's be accurate. Yes, Fanny Willis. That's correct. Um, And this is just the—he's just this guy. You—you should see the image of this guy. He looks—he's—he's very portly. Might be on the verge of obese. Wearing a bright blue blazer with a red tie. He looks like a giant blueberry wearing a red tie. He looks ridiculous. And it seems like what he's doing is ridiculous. And the fact is, that's far more than the GOP establishment is doing, which was, they seem to be doing nothing. Uh, did you watch the debate?
1: No chance
0: I would watch that. <laughs> I watched the first like did twenty you? minutes, uh, and then I got bored. Did you watch the Trump uh, uh, interview on Tucker? I didn't see that either. Yeah, I didn't watch. Did it. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I, I was, I was watching uh, a little bit of it, but I, I grew bored of that as well. I don't really have anything to learn
1: there. Uh, uh, right. I just figure it's going to be him saying the same stuff he always says. Right. I mean, I think it's smart of him. I think it's smart of him to do that at the same time as as the debate. absolutely he
0: destroyed fox news he destroyed fox news with this did he absolutely i did not take a single clip from either the debate or
1: or from trump's interview with tucker (laughs) not a single clip Uh, yeah i didn't even i didn't even really see any anywhere even on gateway pundit there was like i thought he was gonna have clips of the interview and there was i mean there was hardly anything um But he, but the thing is, is now you've seen him say the same thing over and over again eight million times. So, I mean, was he going to say something different? No, with, no. With the Tucker interview,
0: right? And why go there and be beat up by people who are trailing him so severely? Why do it on Fox, who clearly took part in this in the election steal in twenty twenty? They were an integral player in stealing the election uh why would he go on their network and and do them that favor he
1: doesn't he he oh, yeah no, them I mean he did the irrelevant. right thing yep he did the right thing for sure yeah and and that, I, and I'm, all of those candidates.
0: After watching the first 20 minutes of that debate, I'm, I'm convinced more than ever, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy is working for Donald Trump. It's the perfect situation. Vivek was able to basically be the voice of Trump. He's He's got almost essentially the same message. Uh, he's not as good at it as Trump, but he basically was Trump's surrogate on that stage. And the, the I think the most important thing that happened in that debate was the Absolute destruction of Ron DeSantis's candidacy because everybody was attacking Vivek Ramaswamy. No one was attacking Ron DeSantis. That made Vivek the number one dog on that on that, on that panel. Uh, he was he was the number one candidate on that uh, in that debate. So to me, that was the that was the biggest thing that came out of that, um, and uh, and Trump
1: gets to let you know he gets to let Vivek attack them all. Uh, he doesn't have to do it. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I was thinking that uh, too, and it, it seemed it. I think, it, I think I must have heard you say that on the last episode that you thought he was. Uh, a trump operative totally like oh, that's an interesting take yeah you know because he's it it makes sense and trump can and trump can you know basically you know say forget you guys i'm not doing any of these i don't need to sit and do these rinky dink debates with you clowns because that's what you are and i'm going to put this guy in who's going to out debate you all and then he'll come and work for me, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when I'm back in there, uh, the uh, it's great. It
0: is. It's but smart. you know what, though, just at the end of the day, everybody, please remember the election is rigged. Trump is not going to win. <laughs> okay, just remember that it's rigged. He is not going to win. He's there to be the loser. Uh, yeah, and in fact, you want to know how I think rigged? You're it probably is? right. This is a clip from on twitter at tpv sean that's t t p v s e a n on twitter uh i just played this clip this is regarding um a somewhat awkwardly early presidential transition between the uh, the uh biden i'm sorry the uh bush administration bush junior and obama
6: apparently The transition began before the election. This is why presidents have been selected for generations, not elected and we've got the receipts to prove it. WikiLeaks emails from Barack Obama's personal email account reveal that the Bush administration contacted the future president multiple times before the election, secretly organizing the transition of power. The 2008 transition had gone down in history as surprisingly smooth. Martha Joint Kumar, in a book about the transition, said it was the best in anyone's memory, in part because 9-11 made everyone recognize that a transition is a fragile time. But WikiLeaks emails released in 2016 raise serious questions questions about why it was so smooth, and strongly suggest the bomb was selected by the shadow government, rather than elected by the people. The most eye-catching email in the leak contains a message from John Podesta about an invitation from President George W. Bush to the President-elect. Should that have read President Select? Podesta sent the email to Obama before the election result was even known. But it gets even worse. The emails show a transition plan was being worked on long before the 2008 election had even taken place. According to an attached memo in one of the emails, Obama was already discussing his transition to office with members of the Bush administration, including then Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson, prior to the election. As you have observed in your interactions with Secretary Paulson, he's apparently eager to involve you and your transition team extensively in his policy choices following the election. Another attached memo acknowledges that it's unusual to start the transition process so soon. We are now at a point of deciding how to staff economic policy during the transition, who should be the point of contact with Treasury, and how to blend the transition and campaign economic policy talent. Normally these decisions could be made after the election, and ideally after the selection of a national economic advisor, but of course these are not normal times. Not normal times! Perhaps not in 2008, but now 15 years later, it seems nothing has changed. What was not normal in 2008 has become very much the norm in 2023. So for how long? (laughs) For how long has this been going
0: on? How long has this been going on? I have such a good singing voice. That's why (laughs) I should have gone into singing. Um, Yeah. That's why the debates don't matter. The election doesn't matter. It's rigged. <laughs> Go vote, everybody. So I, I'll what, say this again. I say it so every was time. It ri- what? Was it rigged for Trump to win? 100%. No. W- w- uh, yes. Surreptitiously. That's why Hillary was so convinced that he cheated because she knew she was cheating. And the only way that he could have won is if he out cheated her. I, like I've been saying, I think there's more than one uh. deep state. I think there's there's more than one deep state. I think one of the deep states is represented by the CIA, NSA, FBI, basically the civilian intelligence core. I think the other deep state is mm-hmm. represented by the military intelligence core, and I think Trump was the was the deep state uh, frontman for for the military uh, deep state wing. Uh, and Obama, which is Biden, is just Obama's sock puppet. Uh, they are of the, they're the CIA, NSA, FBI, the the civilian intel deep state. Um, so yeah, I think that the military deep state out cheated the intel deep state, and they couldn't believe it, and they pulled out all the stops to recheat back. But yeah, I think I I don't I have no reason to believe that Trump's election was. I think it, I think Trump's election was an accurate reflection of what the electorate wanted. I think they had to cheat to get it because they had to out cheat the cheaters. I know that's probably that's like tinfoil hatty, but
1: oh. well, oh. I don't know. I I I think you're probably right. I think it's a big setup. Everybody's gonna be just befuddled and <laughs> dumbfounded after the next election <laughs> if it even happens. oh it'll happen. I like, mean how did this what happen? it is will happen. It's like the it's most popular yet. guy there is right
0: uh, so not a presidential candidate, but Larry Elder. So, you know, there's this guy, Charlemagne, Charlemagne, the God is what he calls himself. Uh, Yeah. Black entertainer
1: guy or something. I guess.
0: I don't know. I've never, I don't really follow him, but he, people will know him because he was the one who had Biden on his podcast when Biden said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So that's who, that's who Charlemagne is. Charlemagne is, is the podcaster, the black podcaster who was the recipient of that comment. Uh, so Charlemagne
1: had well, on. he's kind of right. I didn't vote for him, and I'm not black. <laughs> yeah, you're, so he was right. <laughs> so he was
0: right. Uh, so Charlemagne had on Larry Elder. And Charlemagne tried to drop the race card, basically, uh, in a sense, calling. Uh, he doesn't say it outright, but he essentially uh, uh, intimates that Larry Elder's an Uncle Tom. Yeah, he, he, and I I have it bleeped out. Just know when you hear the bleeps, he's using the N-word. Uh, and he's saying, you know, the N-word wake-up call. Uh, so here, let me play this clip. Larry Elder just stuffs him in the basket for doing it.
7: Have you ever heard of the term a wake-up call? No. It is an incident where a person of color forgets that they are of color and are reminded rather brutally by an unexpected act of racism. Oh, have you brother. ever had any of those? Oh, host? brother. I'm just asking. I'm just. Have, you think you've ever? Well, head I'm, head I'm head. acutely aware,
8: Charlemagne, that I'm a black person, just as you are a black person. And when uh, Joe Biden insulted you by saying mm-hmm. you ain't really black, we don't know whether or not you want to vote for me or vote for Donald Trump. Uh, it seems to me, that should have been a wake up call on your part. How dare this guy come in here and insult you, a black man, and tell you you got to think a certain kind of way? I'm amazed that you weren't mad about that. Boom. <laughs>
7: He just stumps him. I, 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 And he's only just getting going. Listen. um, I didn't, I'm not gonna i not going to say it upset me. just like I'm not letting you upset me. You know what I mean? I don't tend to get upset over things like well, that. But what I did say. Well, to well you was, just not, not talk not
8: about, about it, a wake-up call. And it seemed to me that that should have been a wake-up call on your part. To have a white guy come in here who also said, by the way, uh, uh, about Mitt Romney, um, uh, uh, because he didn't want to put more regulations on Wall Street gonna put y'all back in chains and Joe Biden has lied for decades about the civil rights record claiming that he desegregated movie theaters and restaurants in, in Wilmington Delaware when he didn't any didn't do any of that he lied and said that he tried to visit Nelson Mandela during apartheid South Africa he did not and he came in here and told you you aren't even black unless you think a certain kind of way it seems to me that should have been a wake-up call for you but it wasn't apparently
7: yeah, I mean you no know, for the record I'm not a Democrat or Republican I, I,
8: I think, didn't say I, you were yeah, I think both I don't know what trash. you are I, I never yeah, even I, asked you about your party affiliation yeah I'm just saying you but you are black Absolutely. and and to have a white guy come in here and tell you you have to say uh, think a certain kind of way otherwise you quote ain't black Wow how should I have replied to him you think what I just now said how dare you insult me and tell me I, I think as as a human being let alone as a black person I don't tell you how to thank Joe Biden. How dare you come in here and tell me how, to, how I, I, sh- I should think. I'm going to vote for Donald Trump if I want to vote for Donald Trump. And, and if I want to vote for Donald Trump, it does not make me not black. 20% of black people, black men, as I said, have voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Are they not black now? So only 80% of black people, black men walking around are really black, 20% are not, because mm-hmm. they voted for Donald Trump. How
7: insulting is that? How condescending is that? Mm. I, I mean, you're probably right, but I didn't take it in that way. Well,
8: I... <laughs> <laughs> hmm well you're probably
9: right well, that's
0: good <laughs> i just didn't think about it at the time i don't i don't notice when i'm being completely yeah. insulted on my race <laughs> at the, in the moment it's no, hard to tell also... <laughs> yeah. uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, it just that. it it, it was just a thing of beauty. It goes on. Let me wrap it out because it's just—it's worth it. It's just so
8: good.
7: I so, did, as I said to him in that moment. You know, it's just about me wanting something for my people, and I want to know what is he going to do for my people, and not only for my people. Now, how are you going to atone for the things you've done to my people? Right. That's it. Right.
8: And this is a guy, uh, Joe Biden, who when he first got into the Senate, hung out with segregationists, talked about how well Absolutely. he how well he got along with them, uh, talked about how he didn't want integration because of a jungle. Uh, this guy has yeah, made absolutely. all sorts of insulting things to black people, and his policies right now are hurting black people. Inflation hurts the people at the bottom more than anything else. Letting a bunch of illegal aliens under, into the border are hurting black people more than anybody else, as I said earlier. He opposed a, po- a, ports, a, a school choice when he has his own kids in private school. And we lost a year, almost two years, of in-school education in California because of COVID that he supported. I mean, this guy has done monstrous things to black people. And then for him to come in here and tell you how you ought to think of the black person, it blew my mind.
0: Did I say boom? <laughs> Larry Elder, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Well, he gave him an education. <laughs> oh, speaking of education. Uh, yeah.
0: We're lacking it. Our lack of education is definitely starting to come back to haunt us, Jeremy. I have, let's see here. My lack of education is a China update. Welcome to the China update, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's a very short China update. Uh, I just wanted to highlight this clip that I found, and I had been hearing news stories about this. Uh, So... uh, Taiwan, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jeremy, Taiwan has a company that really is the top manufacturer of, uh, semiconductor chips. They're the, the top level supplier of the most complicated chips on the planet. Okay. And, uh, I think, what is it? TSMC is the, is the name of the company, um, just, uh, make sure, let me see if I can pull up the, yes, TSMC. And TSMC is located in Taiwan, and they have in the last few years been committed to building a new plant, a fabrication plant, multi-billion dollar investment in Arizona as a way of beginning to de-risk uh, or spread their, supply chain uh, in the event of a hostile event from China, uh, only it's not going so well. And this comes to us by way of, hang on, let me pull up the name here. It is, uh, where are you? Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, I'm not prepared, but I am prepared. Phone but I'm charging not, not prepared. Stop. Cyrus Jansen on YouTube. Cyrus Jansen on YouTube. Uh here is now, meanwhile, I'll just say Cyrus. I'm gonna preface this with this. Take him with a grain of salt because he sounds a lot like somebody who might be Uh, He sounds extremely sympathetic to the narrative coming out of the CCP, (laughs) but I also don't think that he's necessarily wrong in what he's covering here. The uh, chip manufacturing uh, plant that they're building is hitting a lot of snags, and it's hitting snags because of our uh, red tape, our unions, and our total lack of educated workforce. We spend a lot more uh, effort educating people to social justice and equity than we do engineering, and physics, uh, and it shows.
4: In May 2020, the world's largest microchip producer, Taiwan's TSMC, announced plans to build a U.S. chip facility in Arizona. It was a huge win for then-President Donald Trump, who promised his voters he was bringing back factory jobs lost to China over the past decade, and TSMC was fully committed. They pledged $12 billion to construct the facility, and even Apple got behind the project, pledging to eventually use the Arizona-produced microchips in older-generation iPhones. The U.S. was winning big, and at an important time, too. Tensions were rising between the U.S. and China, and China's government most definitely wasn't happy to see Taiwan's flagship company pour billions of dollars into the U.S. economy. Everything looked like a lock for the United States, but fast forward to August 2023, and things have drastically changed. Labor shortages, extravagant construction costs, and huge culture clashes between American and Taiwanese workers are now threatening the entire future of the Arizona factory. Problem number one, construction costs in the United States. Calvin Su is the president of Changchun, Arizona, a chemical supplier that invested in its own $300 million factory in Arizona. He recently stated that U.S. construction costs are 10 times the cost of Taiwan. One of the biggest challenges remaining is how TSMC plans to blend American and Taiwanese workers together and a new operation inside the United States. As you can imagine, working as an engineer for TSMC is a highly valued and deeply respected job in Taiwan. Taiwanese engineers are used to working long hours and weekend shifts and sacrificing their time and livelihood for the benefit of the company. Working as a TSMC engineer is such a valued job in Taiwan that engineers joke they sell their liver to obtain employment with Taiwan's largest and most important company. This, of course, is a stark culture difference from American employees who value their time off and work considerably less hours than their Asian counterparts. Wayne Chu An engineer who left TSMC last year said he thought about joining the company's overseas expansion but lost interest after realizing he would have to pick up the slack of his American colleagues. He stated, The most difficult thing about wafer manufacturing is not technology. The most difficult thing is personal management. Americans are the worst at this because Americans are the most difficult to manage. While the U.S. government has the ability to print an endless number of dollars and give out generous subsidies like the $52 billion Chips Act, there There is one thing it seems money can't buy in the United States, and that is skilled American workers. A new report from Bloomberg opens with a bleak outlook for the industry. U.S. chipmakers are struggling to fill key positions as a shortage of skilled labor threatens to hobble efforts to revive the domestic industry. One of the key selling points of TSMC's Arizona factory has always been bringing back factory jobs to American citizens. but there are simply not enough qualified Americans to do the job. And this is where things get very interesting. With the construction delays and ongoing problems, TSMC decided to bring in 500 Taiwanese engineers, all of whom have experience setting up similar plants in Taiwan. To be honest, it makes sense, right? If there aren't enough qualified Americans to do the job, the only viable solution is to import skilled workers from abroad. But this plant has completely Doesn't that
0: sound just like Saudi Arabia? (laughs) Doesn't that sound just like Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Having to bring in skilled laborers. Frankly, that was what China used to have to do. China would bring in skilled engineers to build their buildings. They were, I think they were mostly from the UK. And now we're doing it.
4: The world has changed. ...backfired. Almost immediately, U.S. trade unions like the Arizona Pipe Trades 469 Union started a petition to block the issuing of work visas for these 500 Taiwanese engineers. <laughs> so who
0: swoops in to protect the American worker? What, what American worker are they protecting? Because there isn't an American worker for that job. They're, they're just making sure that no skilled laborer comes in. What <laughs> thank you, unions. Why aren't the unions getting those people in the union? They're skilled laborers. That's what they should be trying to do. Not locking them out. So we don't have the brain power ourselves. We have just enough brain power to lock out people who have actual brain power. Ooh,
4: it's it's a good plan. Kirk Yang, chairman of Kirkland Capital and a former tech analyst stated, TSMC's investment in the U.S. from a business perspective makes no sense at all. So far, the Phoenix Project has yielded very little benefit for TSMC or Taiwan. Yang is one of the many tech insiders who believe TSMC might have been forced to set up a factory in the United States because of political considerations. But many U.S. politicians are adding fuel to the fire with their inflammatory comments designed to provoke Beijing. Many U.S. politicians are now advocating for the U.S. government to abandon the One China policy. All
0: right, so I want to talk about that because he that got me thinking. You know how it's pretty clear we provoked Putin, right? We provoked Putin to invade Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about mm-hmm. why on a number of occasions, a number of reasons why. But I, as, I, as I listened to his comment, it really sort of crystallized for me what might be going on in taiwan and it might be the same thing that happened in ukraine we want this new cold war desperately and i think that it i think that this sort of gives away the game we can't do this on our own we don't have the brain power we don't have enough engineers. We don't have enough skilled labor for this high-level type of work, okay? We've got other kinds of designers, I suppose, but we don't have this. Well, what would, what would increase the flow of skilled labor that can do this kind of work more than anything? It would be China invading Taiwan. If China invades Taiwan... The best and brightest at this type of work are going to flee that little island and head right here to America. In a way, us provoking China into attacking Taiwan is like a hostile takeover of their best and brightest. We, this is, during, the Cold, during the original Cold War, one of the ways that we won was because, certainly on a comparative basis, America was where you could have freedom. America was where you could get rich. The Soviet Union was where you were completely stifled. You were oppressed. You couldn't get rich. So all of their best and brightest absolutely fled West. The West benefited from a brain drain uh, as a result of this uh, contradiction, this, this uh, contrast, not contradiction, this contrast between the two options of a way of life. The Cold War worked great for us. I think we're trying to recreate that. I think you've already seen it. Uh, what we, we provoked Russia into attacking Ukraine. We placed immediate sanctions on them. And from what I understand, there's a massive brain drain occurring in Russia. The best and brightest of them are getting out. They're going west. I think a lot of them are going to China, too. But that changes, too, if we can successfully provoke China into attacking Taiwan. Boom. New Cold War, very stark lines. The, the only problem in, in that equation is that now we are no longer necessarily comparatively a bastion of freedom compared to China. So it's, it, 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 it may not work quite as well as some people think uh, if that's what they're doing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I could see where there would be a lot of benefits to the United States if we can provoke China into attacking Taiwan, kicking off a new Cold War with strong, bright, clear ideological lines. Uh, I think even potentially as 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 destroyed as our constitution is, as as much of an illusion as our freedom is, uh, the, comparatively, we're still better than China. And the calculation is we will gain their brain. We'll gain their brains. That which we have... Failed to educate our own we will gain through uh people fleeing. That's my guess.
1: Did I lose did I lose you? Jeremy take on <laughs> I responded, you didn't hear me? No, I didn't. I was too busy listening to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting take to force labor out that way mm-hmm. and over here. But well, why not just teach kids here how to like think smart and work hard instead of how to protest?
0: <laughs> That's crazy talk. Jeremy. me. <laughs> then,
1: then we, then we wouldn't need, then we wouldn't need to import skilled workers. That is the end of my China update, ladies and gentlemen.
0: I know it's incredibly racist to play this, but I don't care. Yep, yeah. uh, I don't have an Africa update today. Otherwise, I would do. I would play the Africa music.
1: Um, Well, play it anyway. Play it anyway. Okay, well. such a good tune. (laughs) That's the, remember, that's the (laughs) highbrow
0: African update. African update from the Jockey Club. Here is the real Africa update.
1: Yeah, that's the one I like. I feel like you have to add (laughs) some clicks in there.
0: Oh, and who? See, hold on a second. Uh, we received uh, Jeff and Elkhorn. As long as we're talking about it, let's 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 look at this. Uh, Jeff and Elkhorn suggested we use "Night in Tunisia." Let's let's go for for the Africa theme. Let's go. Let's go listen to uh, "Night in Tunisia." Are you are you familiar with "Night in Tunisia"?
1: I'm not. Yeah, uh, Dizzy Gillespie.
0: I, mean, I love Dizzy. I just don't know if that's here. Let's. Here's Miles Davis.
1: It's a nice. I mean, I like the. I like it, but does it sound African? To it's you? good music. It's, it's not racist enough. Music, it's not racist it's not enough. A, I need I need Bush. I want to <laughs> yeah, picture people with, with photos I mean, like, <laughs> and
0: weird piercings. <laughs> well I mean case. like
1: right now my head right now my head is bobbing up and down back and forth <laughs> really fast with that beat, with those bongos. You know, like right. that that's a good tune for the Africa update. I mean I feel like I wanna go scream and chant with those people.
0: Can't you just picture a white man on a steak I'm about to be it barbecued?
1: Again. I'm doing it again. <laughs> I can't stop bobbing my head up and down when you play that. <laughs> I, just, I wish I had something from Africa. I don't have anything from Africa. <laughs> and that is the yeah, end of well, the Africa update, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Alright. Just so everybody understands, there is nothing happening in Africa
0: today. <laughs> nothing worth talking about. Uh, No, in fact, during the debates is probably when Africa went, uh, they were doing crazy stuff in Africa. Um, What else do I have? Oh, I mean, we could, uh, you know, here, let's. uh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we stumbled into that part of the program where we tell you how it is. We take care of business. We work on something called the value for value model. Value for value. Uh, Basically, what it means is we don't take any corporate sponsorship. We don't have any kind of sponsorship except citizen sponsorship. And really, the way that this works is we basically say, are you receiving value from this podcast? Are you enjoying this podcast? Do you like what you're hearing? Is it making you laugh? Is it informing you? Is it lightening your mood? Is it darkening your mood? Is it affecting you in any way at all? It must be because you're listening. And if you're listening and you're finding value, we ask that you return value to the podcast so that we can keep doing this, whether it is the way Jeremy Jeremy and I have been doing it, whether it is me solo, whether it is us retooling this entirely as some other uh, uh, exciting uh, type of broadcast, we need your support. We can't do it with corporate sponsorship because with corporate sponsorship, we would be uh, obligated to only talk about the things that they approve of. That's what's gotten our country in this mess in the first place. We need more media that is not beholden to corporate interests. And if, uh, if people feel that there's value, then they will return value and we will be able to continue doing this podcast. Uh, the best way you can return value is by sharing the show, rating the show, rate it where you listen to it. Uh, whether that is on Apple Podcasts. If it's on Apple Podcasts, you go to the Apple page, you scroll all the way down to the bottom uh, of our show page. You'll be able to leave a comment. We really love the comments. You'll be able to leave us a star rating. The only rating you should really give us is five stars. That is how uh, uh, high quality this broadcast is. You don't even need to consider giving us four stars. Four stars would be a joke. This is a five-star podcast. You are five-star producers. I wish I could rate you. Uh, and, uh, uh, the other way that you can uh, give value back to the podcast is by sending us clips, sending us segments, sending us feedback, uh, by writing us at truth at truthbait.com. truth at truthbait.com. That's truth at truthbait.com. Uh, like I said, I've been getting, uh, really nice notes of encouragement. Uh, people saying they're, uh, let's see, uh, Jeff even Said, Jeff from Elkhorn said uh, somewhere, I don't know, I can't... F- oh, yeah, thanks, Andrew, for holding down the fort. Uh, he said the clip from Georgia Fulton County resident was excellent. Uh, that was in a previous broadcast. Thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate the encouragement. Other people have been sending me notes of encouragement, and I, I appreciate it. Uh, it helps. It definitely helps because, uh, like I said, without Jeremy here... Um, I I just, I don't, I, I don't feel like it is the show that it could be. Uh, so for those of you hanging in there, bearing with me when it is just me alone, I greatly appreciate it. And hopefully you feel it is worth the payoff, uh, for when you get to, uh, hear Jeremy back on the program. And I hope you hang in there to hear whatever it is we end up doing going forward. Um. So Jeremy, anything you want to
1: add to that? Well, I, uh, yeah, I just, I, I guess, I guess something I, I guess, I guess (laughs) something that I would, something that I propose is for, uh, you know, new ideas to come in from some of the producers out there or what their thoughts are, um, because at least at the at least in the current state of things, it's it's too difficult for us to kind of go the way we were going. So, you know, that might change, and it might get back to kind of a more regular schedule. I suspect at some point in time, I'll be getting more sleep <laughs> and ability. <laughs> um, but. Until then, it, I think in some ways it's good. It's to to it, in in some ways maybe it's good to have a challenge uh, to deal with like this because it could force us into something more creative, I guess, maybe something better. Right. I it, there's so I feel optimistic. I feel like I feel like there's a challenge ahead of us that we're gonna kind of encounter right now with the program, but that. I'm optimistic that that would be, you know, that would drive something that's even better than what we've been doing. You said
0: that somebody wrote you about uh, with an offer to be your uh, associate producer. Somebody who wanted you back on air so badly that they were willing to take over that role for you. Uh, at the risk of stepping on the toes of, of one of our other producers uh, who also made that My, offer. yeah, uh, <laughs> w- w- Tell yeah, me about Mike, that. Who, who Mike you, and Vernon said?
1: Hills. Mike and Vernon Hills. Do you remember who Mike and Vernon Hills... Do you remember when we decided to make this a clean show without profanity and I said that nobody will ever complain about not having profanity? Yes. And then we got one complaint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from Mike in Vernon Hills. Well, Mike in Vernon Hills wrote me. He's actually, he didn't write me. I, we were, I was talking to him on the phone and he's like, Where are you? You got to get back on the show. And it was not, Mike loves you. It was not in, a, in any way to disparage your ability to carry the show forward on your own. He just wanted to hear from both of us. And I'm like, Man, I just, I'm, I'm just running low on time right now, you know, so I just, I got to step back a little bit. And he's like, I'll be your producer. I will find your stories. He's like, just do the show. I'll send you stuff. Just check your texts. I'll, I'll send everything to you. And he's, we got to, got to, you know, kind of, he's like, we've had enough of this big Al. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well,
0: I want to, uh, th- this is amazing because I now I'm going to be able to surprise you and our listening audience and Mike, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring you big Al. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have big Al in studio. Big Al. You yes. gotta get close. You got to get close <laughs> to the microphone.
10: This is a wonderful thing to be able to observe.
0: (laughs) I have brought Big Al. He is our studio audience. When you hear the applause, that is today. That's Big Al. Big Al, uh, I invited into the studio this evening. He has been such a tremendous contributor to the program. Mike. Mike uh he may have heard enough from big al i have never heard enough from big al <laughs> big al has been a tremendous contributor big al thank you very much do you want how do you do you like the name big al do you uh, do you want to hide your identity do you want to uh, let people know your real identity that's up to you
10: big al is actually great because while i liked it for a little bit, you guys were going with executive producer Al and Joliet. Totally cool, but I didn't want to step on toes of the executive producer. Oh,
0: no. You have been an executive producer, Al. <laughs> you have you've earned the title. Jeremy, would you
1: agree? I totally agree. Can you totally believe agree. you're talking to- I didn't to, know you were to, bringing Big Al on today.
0: I, you know what? Neither did I. It, it just ended up- uh, There was an opportunity, and I thought, you know, we're in this inflection moment- we we're unsure exactly how we're going to proceed with the Truthbait podcast, and Al has been just so uh, such a friend of the show that I thought if there's if there's any opportunity, let's bring him in. And he happened to be, as it turns out, not very far <laughs> away. And I said, Al, come over, get over here. Let's let's have you sit in. And I, I don't even have a microphone for you. He's sharing my mic right now. Uh, but let's get you in. Let's 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 talk to you. Let's put a voice to wow. uh, to uh, one of our most Al prolific. Al is producers. a heavy
1: lifter.
10: I will say he is a heavy lifter. He is a heavy lifter. Well, where I got the strength of the heavy lifting was actually because of Andrew. There was a time when I think he went on vacation with his brothers and his dad to Ireland. And this was at the time when I think during the founding bloggers era. And while he was on vacation, he said, hey, if you want, go ahead and throw together draft posts in WordPress. I'll take a look. I might make a tweak. It might be good to go. And then if I have it go live, it'll go live. So that's when I started developing what I look for regarding the stuff that I see on uh, the online news sources and things like that. Your
0: blog training from the early days of of founding bloggers. Yeah, Al's been stalking me for a long time,
1: (laughs) 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 That's <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Al. Sometimes you're an executive producer. Some some weeks we have not heard from you, which is you know to be expected. Uh, and you're not an executive producer. Other producers step up, and they're the executive producers. There, any of you executive producers could end up in one of our studios uh, if you are as just as as much of a friend of the show as Al is, and if you're uh, somewhere in the uh, tri state. Area. Uh, uh, we encourage other people to uh, be as prolific as Al. Mike. Please, don't just send it to Jeremy. Send it to truth at truthbait.com. I'll see the clips you're sending. I'll prep these clips so that Jeremy is able to use them. Al, same thing for you. The clips you're sending in, uh, 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 you know, uh, if Jeremy uh, can be on the show regularly, those clips are uh, often, uh, I think, appropriate for Jeremy. Anything that the producers can do to chip in, and I love that the producers are offering to chip in, to help you, Jeremy, be on the program because we love you and the program needs you. Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: Al agrees.
0: Al, do you have any, do you makes, have any stories any It makes me
1: feel like more than a guest. Makes you feel what? It makes me feel like more than a guest. <laughs> That's, you are more than a guest.
0: Uh <laughs> Al is Al is the guest. Al, you're the guest. Be my guest. Uh, Al, do you have any stories today? I don't have anything clipped from you. What did? What have you sent?
10: I was basically looking at a lot of the stuff where it seems like, at least in my YouTube page that I see, a ton of news sources now are just saying that China's from a multiple multiple standpoints is in like mid collapse, and it's maybe this Hold is on, actually. Wait,
0: wait, wait! We're going back to the China update. Hold on. <laughs> This is the updated China update. Al, what are you seeing coming out of China?
10: A bunch of stuff where because of the flooding, it's revealing their shoddy construction techniques, which isn't necessarily in every single building. But there's multiple videos now where you can see like very thin rebar or the floodwaters at the bases of high rises caused um, cracks in concrete. And there's just that there is the issue where I think government employees, they're now pulling back on some of their salaries where they have to go back and pay additional taxes, I think up to like three years. And just a lot of stuff seems like it's collapsing simultaneously. It almost seems like it's coordinated, but simultaneously, maybe this is all actually happening.
0: You know, I'm looking for it right now because there was a story that I saw Ah, China sinking city. There is an entire housing complex in China that is sinking. Uh, oh, it's going to take me a minute to find it, but yeah, it's it, it, it's it, part of it. It's shoddy construction and it's cut corners because. Uh, you know, like they'll put in, they'll fake the drainage ditches in the roads. They'll they'll put in the grates, but there's no actual drainage to anywhere. Uh, and so <laughs> you combine that with shoddy construction, and yeah, they're uh, they're they are uh, literally and figuratively collapsing. I think that's true. I think they are collapsing. I think we're collapsing too. It's fascinating to watch these two powers vie for whatever they can as they are collapsing uh, at the same time. Uh, I'm trying to find this, the clip that I saw, because I would play. uh, Yeah, I can't find it. It's going to take me too long to find it. Um. Yeah. So, Al, uh, I'll tell you something else that you sent that was, you sent the story about Project Veritas. Jeremy, let's talk about this for a second. Here, Al, why don't you read this story? And then Jeremy and I will talk about it.
10: After laying off most of its workforce last week, right-wing media group Project Veritas is considering cost-cutting measures like going fully remote and bringing in an outside firm to produce its content.
0: All right, now read that again, but do it like a broadcaster. After laying off most of its workforce last week, right-wing media group Project Veritas, so do it like that. Give it a little energy.
10: After laying off most of its workforce last week, right-wing media group Project Veritas is considering cost-cutting measures like going fully remote and bringing in an outside firm to produce its content.
0: Jeremy, do you think that was an improvement? Was the second read an improvement?
10: Oh, that was, yes. Yeah,
1: it was a big
0: improvement. Yes, that was
10: great.
1: (laughs) Definitely. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
10: (laughs) Very good. I'll tell you guys now. It, to me, my voice sounds like all the adults in those animated Peanut specials or broadcasts when they were kids. <gasps> yeah. Muted a so yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get I'll get try and get beyond that hurdle. But yeah, like
0: you could be Winnie the Pooh or Tigger, uh, one of those voices. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this story is amazing. Yeah, Project Veritas. It laid off 25 employees last week, citing financial difficulties. The company has struggled to fundraise after the departure of its founder James O'Keefe earlier this year. Jer- uh, Alan, is this from the story itself, am I, or is this your comment in this email?
10: The, yeah, the entire. Uh,
0: this is all from yeah, the story itself. Okay, because I, if it was from you, I'd have you read your own comment. But this is this is still reading from the story.
10: Yeah, Full quotes.
0: Project Veritas laid off 25 employees last week, citing financial difficulties. The company struggled to fundraise after the departure of its founder, James O'Keefe, earlier this year. By the time of his departure, O'Keefe had become controversial within Project Veritas, with some employees accusing him of being a power-drunk tyrant who allegedly squandered company funds on lavish personal expenses. Yeah. James O'Keefe was clearly responsible for any funds that Project Veritas had because they've been unable to fundraise, since they, since they uh, uh, sent him packing, and now they're folding up shop. Basically, they're they're looking at closing their office, their headquarters in uh, uh, Memoronic, 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 New York. You and I have been there,
1: Jeremy. Memoranic. Mam- uh, yeah, we've been to that specific uh, office it was it was cool what he did there i it's i, I was thinking about it because it i saw that and then i saw that he's also been evidently he's been under investigation since about that time when the information uh you know when all those stories were coming out about his reckless spending on you know, uber black cars and stuff, which is so unusual for CEOs to do. And uh, it seems like that was all part of the organized takedown, uh, close up the organization. But the big prize, I guess, will be now he's going to have to try to stay out of prison. Oh, do you know what he's being investigated for? Uh, evidently, it misuse of funds and whatever types of crimes they can attach to the claims that were made by all the dirt bags that were uh, part of his uh, takedown there so at least that's what I oh, saw. Oh yeah, here that was in I'm sure. Al had
0: it in his Al had the, he's pointing out to me now that he already sent me the link that explains this. Of course, thank you. This is I, I love having him here as a producer live. This is fantastic uh, from the Nation exclusive. James O'Keefe is now under investigation for looting Project Veritas. <laughs> yeah, he looted it by being kicked out.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> they looted it.
1: <laughs> right. He looted it by bringing in all the money that they hired all those people with. James has to go loot a Walgreens. Uh, you
0: can go loot a Walgreens. That's fine. You can loot a Target.
1: But it's going to be interesting because are they, what, are they going to really try to lock him up for taking Uber black cars? Because then, you're, then they're going to be setting case precedent to lock up every CEO in America. I mean, do they really want to do that? Nah, they just want to break them. So. They just want to break them.
0: They don't care if they get a win. They're just happy to make him spend yeah. the money
1: right. and taint him with the, you know, he's been, he's been criminally nice charged country. again, you know, nice country we live in. Yeah. Well, let's go blow up Chinese fireworks and celebrate the 4th of July. <laughs> again. Yeah, exact.
0: Thank you. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, Let's see here. Um, oh, I have a Hawaii update.
1: Should we try and find some Hawaiian music? Let me try and find some. Music. Yeah, you've got to have like some big giant drums and twirling <laughs> batons of fire at the end of them.
0: Hawaii music. I'm just typing this into YouTube. I don't know. We don't have any rights for this at all. Time no. for the Hawaii update. This is coming from Visual Melodies on YouTube, which is a fantastic <laughs> channel. The state there, now we get very used to as I've burning. commented on how good they are. It's a fabulous video they have with a wonderful ocean wave. It's very calming. I highly recommend people go to Visual Melodies on YouTube for the uh, Hawaii update. Uh, Hawaii update. This is absolutely crazy. I don't have, you know, I. I there was a video that was going around uh, very virally about uh, it. What looked like a clip of Joe Biden falling asleep in a, uh, in, a in a gathering, a, a meeting of uh, people in Maui. Uh, there was a survivor on the on the mic. Uh, and biden 's in the audience, and he looks like he 's falling asleep and I saw it up on Twitter and uh, and then I saw that there was a community note on Twitter, and the community note said this uh, has been selectively edited he wasn 't falling asleep uh, he was looking down for a moment and then and then he looked back up now. I got curious. I was thinking, okay, well, is this a, an accurate community note? What is the, what's the story here? Because everybody's jumping on this clip. And uh, so I went and I looked it up. I went and looked up the original clip in on C-SPAN. Sure enough, it's absolutely true. The community note is right. That uh, the, the, It isn't that the clip is edited. I guess in the technical term, it's edited. Although I think most people, when they think of editing, they think of, you know, removing content or moving content around. Now, this mm-hmm. a more accurate term would be that it was doctored and brilliantly doctored too. It was doctored in a way to basically close his eyes. It's the it's the same shot. There's nothing edited out of the shot, but it, it they just they closed one of his eyes, <laughs> and it it looks so real. Uh, and I think that the amazing thing about it. What's fascinating about it is it's excellent parody. It's so good because you, excellent parody is parody that you can't tell whether or not it's true or not. It's so, it hits so close to home that you, it could be true. It might as well be true. Uh, that is, uh, exactly what this was. Um, it, it is not a stretch at all to think that our, uh, octogenarian, uh, uh, partially senile leader or seemingly partially senile. I know there's debate. Some people think that that's just an act, Uh, but it's, it's completely feasible. It's completely uh, uh, believable that he would fall asleep in this situation. Um, But I went and looked at the full clip. I didn't just look at the 30 seconds at the, at the few seconds that they were talking about. And I found something even more disturbing in the longer clip. And then I began to wonder if, The Biden camp themselves or somebody friendly to the Biden camp isn't the one who doctored the footage and put it out there so that there would be this fake footage out there that got all of the attention. Because what I found was truly disturbing. And if you go to the Truthbait podcast Twitter feed or X feed, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. I have a post up uh, and uh, Jim Hoft of Gateway Pundit picked up on this post and, and, and blasted it out. Uh, I'll just read it to you. 30 seconds of Biden staring off into nowhere while listening to victims of the Maui disaster. And if you go to the uh, go look for this clip uh, on our Twitter feed, uh, it's and it's up on C-SPAN 17 minutes and 45 seconds to 18 minutes and 15 seconds. It's just a blank stare. He's staring off to, into nothing, into nowhere. Everyone around him is looking up at the speaker. He is f- staring off in a different direction altogether. Uh, not asleep, but gone. Check, uh, checked out, just blank. To me, that was uh, much creepier. <laughs> and nobody saw that. Nobody looked at that because everybody was focused on the fake clip
1: of him asleep but not asleep uh and then i saw it'd be funny if somebody had a uh if somebody had like the good humor truck music (laughs) to play at one of those events like why doesn't somebody do that you know like you know how they were going around uh doing their photo bomb you know newscast bombs that bill clinton was a rapist or whatever why don't they just go around anytime joe biden's around and play that good humor truck music and then see if he starts just leaves and goes looking for the truck you know Are you serious? for his ice cream
0: uh, somebody i'm just trying to pull up a clip of the music and it's somebody angry at it yeah <laughs> All right. No, that's not going to be good either. I have a bad feeling about where that's going. That's hey. not it. I'm a
3: good humor man, man.
0: No, I don't like where this is going either. I, I might be giving up on this.
2: That's hey. not it. It's got to be
1: Yeah, it's got to be the nostalgic, you know, good humor music and he, the, that guy is going to get put into a trance to go find his ice cream. I just think it would be funny to watch.
0: Yeah, if he hears the good the good humor truck, he's just going to get up and start stumbling away to go find the truck. Yeah,
9: that's yeah. what they, that's
0: what they should play him <laughs> I mean, off. Imagine with. if somebody instead of instead of Imagine, if, the chief. Somebody, yeah, right, imagine if somebody,
1: <laughs> right. I mean, Imagine if somebody pulled that off like twice. You know, where all of a sudden he just walks off the stage looking for the ice cream truck. The first time they'd come up with some excuse, but then it's going to happen again and be great. <laughs> Uh, And in this he wasn't even on stage during this he was it was so
0: strange how they presented him how they staged him he was just out you know it was a it was like it was in a a ballroom or some kind of banquet room and there's uh, you know round tables set up throughout Uh, so it was almost like a luncheon but he's not up at the dais he's just at a table it's like he's just you know someone randomly sitting at a table it was bizarre uh I I don't know. And then I saw this story came out of Maui. I started tracking this. Jeremy, listen to
11: this. Bet you didn't know this. Guaranteed you don't know this. So you want to know where all those people, children, and alleged bodies that everybody knows are there. The death count is like absolutely wrong as far as the media goes. Uh, Did you guys hear that the Marines intercepted FEMA? They shot down one of their helicopters. They caught FEMA on Hawaii, trying to bury bodies in a hole. Yes, I said that correctly. They caught FEMA, okay, FEMA burying bodies. And they even claim in their written report that when they approached them, they were smoking cigarettes and nonchalantly chilling around while throwing bodies from a truck into this hole. And now everybody's wondering, "Well, why aren't they talking about the death count?" I ain't gonna say it, but you know why. You know why, and the proof is there. Look into this. I I ain't playing. I ain't playing this fact.
0: Now to me this is shocking. They were smoking cigarettes <laughs> I mean, how cruel is that? You're in a wildfire zone. People are dead, and you're gonna sm- you're gonna light up around them.
1: Oh yeah, gotta be able to smoke. And then I found this the place is-, is smoking. Why can't they? <laughs> you don't even need to carry a lighter.
0: Here is uh, I found somebody else talking about it.
9: What's actually going on in Maui? US Marines engaged and neutralized a FEMA convoy in Maui and I will add at the end of this video uh, a couple screenshots from the article if you want to pause and read for yourself. The convoy was fleeing fire-stricken Lahaina and would have escaped had it not been for the Marines taking it down. The chase began early Friday morning when Marines and FEMA had a shootout in the Maui Forest Reserve east of Lahaina Beach. According to intelligence reports, the Marines caught FEMA red-handed, burying corpses in an earthen grave the feds had excavated with a backhoe. A procession of FEMA agents hauled bodies of men, women, and children out of an M35 deuce and a half, and heaped them on top of each other, as federal supervisors stood around smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee. So the Marines dismounted a distance away from the camp, and they crept up undetected. The Marines took cover and began firing on the feds, and a dozen of them fell immediately. And then the feds began screaming, saying, don't shoot, we give up. So this is obviously a pretty severe situation, and it's not surprising that you're hearing nothing about this on the mainstream media. As the FEMA helicopter that had extracted some of the members attempted to flee, the Marines fired three grenades from a Mach 19 mounted on a Humvee, and one clipped the rotor, and then another landed in the open doorway, causing the helicopter to explode and crash.
0: Wow. Well, that sounds absolutely crazy. What? That comes from a TikTok account, at Hogan underscore USMC. And the underscore is two underscore dashes if you want to go look for this. At Hogan underscore underscore USMC. And I went and looked him up and uh, the, the, the the channel appears authentic. Have you heard anything about this?
1: No, that sounds insane. The millet the Marines firing on FEMA. I don't buy it. And you
0: should not buy it. It's complete b s. It's this is making the rounds, Jeremy. I was able to work this one out in two seconds, okay? I went and looked up part of part of the uh, narrative here is that, I don't know if you heard about the it was I think it was the director of uh, emergency management in Hawaii who uh, didn't who refused to release water early on during the fire. He could have released water, but he was the, the, the rap on the guy was that he was he's more uh, concerned with uh, equity, water equity, and didn't release water for five hours that could have helped put out the fires. And the the narrative that was going around was that he had been arrested, that the military arrested the guy. So, okay, like you, this sounded insane to me. This sounded crazy, way too much. And so I went and I looked it up. I found it within two seconds, within I think maybe two links, I was able to track down where this story came from, and it comes from a, a, a website called Real raw news real raw and if you go to the about us page there's a disclaimer information on this website is for informational and educational and entertainment purposes and in bold it says this website contains humor parody and satire (laughs) okay it's a satirical website they have a bunch of stories like this: Marines arrest sixty-seven Maui perpetrators. Military arrests FEMA deputy deputy administrator Eric Hooks. <laughs> These guys are genius. This is brilliant. Yep.
1: Well, I don't know. Is it?
0: It is because
1: I, I mean, think what are they accomplishing?
0: They are they are trolling. It's masterful trolling. I you know is it an individual out there trolling? I don't know. Is it an op, a trolling op, so that it just discredits all wild stories coming out of Maui? I I don't know. When I say brilliant, I'm not necessarily a fan. I, I'm just saying that it. Uh, yeah,
1: I get that, is, is
0: de- it could be brilliantly devious? But yeah, I don't believe I don't believe the story. Uh, and now that I see it comes from a website that traffics in parody and satire, I think it's pretty clear.
1: People need to be careful what they're out there sharing. Not you don't have to be careful about sharing this show, though. <laughs> That's correct. Share the <laughs> show. Share
0: the show. That's how we grow. Oh, Jeremy. We have another special guest. Hold on a second. I have to I have to I have to dial him in. Hold on. Oh I can't dial him in. Hold on, let me see if I can Oh no, I can't dial him in. Jeremy, do a do a phone sound for me, can you? Just with your mouth?
1: A phone? I don't have a yeah, phone like- sound. <laughs> I don't have it. What can you just do it I with have your crickets. mouth? <laughs> oh no,
0: wait, he's in studio. Hold on, he's in studio. Hang on. Okay, do you wanna do you wanna say hello? Yeah, okay, I guess I'll say hello. Who is it? Hello. Everybody. Uh, do you know who that is? <laughs> Ladies and <COVID>. gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> that's right. Welcome back to the show. COVID!
12: So, thank you. Yep, that's right, i
0: back. COVID is back. Sorry. Jeremy, COVID is in the news.
12: That's right. Oh, I have to get a little better at that. Hold well, on, let me try that again.
0: <laughs> COVID is back. Jeremy, COVID is in the news.
12: That's right. I'm back. Sorry. I was on vacation for a little while, but I'm back to panic you. Ha, 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 ha. Have you seen that I'm in the news,
1: Jeremy? Yeah, Yeah, I saw COVID. I'm I'm not scared. You're gonna mask up. Yeah. Do you have your mask ready? No, I'm not. Nope, I'm not. I'm not gonna mask up. I'm not scared (laughs) of you anymore. Oh,
12: yes, you are. I'm gonna mask up your children. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... I'd COVID new masks for
1: their they birthdays. never wore. No, they 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 never wore a mask the first time around when you didn't kill us all. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, that is uh, first of all, I, Jeremy.
0: I think it's awful that he's talking about your children. I, there's no reason for him to bring your children into it. That is awful.
12: Hey, I'm just keeping it real. All right. They're young. I attack the young and I attack the very old. The truth is, I'm really just a cold.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, COVID, I'm impressed. I didn't think you were going to be making a comeback uh, quite so uh, obviously during the election cycle. But uh, uh, are you is there any kind of financial arrangement between you, COVID, you and, uh, and the Democratic Party?
12: Oh, you think it's just the Democrats? No, 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 no! <laughs> no, it's the entire establishment. Yes, there is a financial relationship. They're bringing me back. We're going to have mail-in voting again. Everybody's going to panic. That's that's what I'm paid to do. I'm paid to panic you. Well,
0: I, I found a clip out there of a woman who is not going to be panicked by you, COVID. She ain't taking it.
13: I'm just going to say this. I heard. Uh, This morning on another podcast that this variant obviously is already sweeping the UK. They're considering having all their citizens in the UK mask up again. Guys, I am begging you. If you stood down in 2020, please stand up in 2023 when this hits our shores. Because if you think you lost freedom last time, it ain't going to be nothing compared to what they're going to do this time. And if we overwhelm these idiots and let them know that we will not do this, And those of us that stood last time don't have to stand alone. Then we can beat this. We can actually beat them at their game this time. So please don't be a coward this time. Don't mask your kids up. Don't go and not go to the grocery store without your mask on. Don't send your kids to school with masks on. Don't stop hugging each other. Don't stop going to church. And if your pastor shuts his doors, find a new church. If your pastor finds a way to agree with the narrative, find a new church this time. Guys, We are living in the end, and they are trying so hard to tear down our country from within. And they're doing it, and they're going to continue doing it, and the only way for us to push it back is to stand up. There are far more of us than there are of them. But they are going to work exceptionally hard, and I guarantee you, if they start pushing this in our country, it will be far worse than it was last time. Far worse than it was last time. They want 15-minute cities. They want us to stop communicating with each other. They want to censor us. They want to shut us down. We have to stand. We're already seeing it with what's going on in Hawaii. And if you think that was a natural disaster, you got another (laughs) thing.
12: I'm giving her the sniffles. I'm totally giving her the worst cold she's ever had. (laughs) That's that's about the best I can do. (laughs) just give people colds. Okay.
0: Yeah, they're bringing it back, Jeremy. They're bringing it back for the elections. There was a school, uh, there was a college in Atlanta that uh, mandated masks. Uh, There was a Hollywood studio. I forget which one it was. Lionsgate, maybe uh, one of the, that is mandating all of their employees mask up again. This is coming. I. Yeah. Are you going to, what do you, what do do we do?
1: Just put a mask on. (laughs)
0: Great idea. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not doing it this time. No mask for me at all. I'm not even wearing my Trump one mask. I'm not, I'm not masking. I, I, I I might mask in a hospital. You'll be able to
1: get away with, you'll be able to get away. You'll be able to get away with that in Wisconsin but you're not going to get away with that in Chicago. Well, I'm going to get thrown out
0: of a lot of places. I'm just not,
1: I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. You should film yourself going on a rant in one of those places. (laughs) I don't want to rant. I just want to be
0: left alone. I just want to be left alone. And if anybody confronts me, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be silent and go about my business.
1: And pull out my camera and record them. Uh, Oh, man. Then they're going to go nuts. Can
12: I I please get a word in? Are you guys... Is it okay if I talk? I'm COVID. Have a little respect. Jeremy. why, Why do you not seem impressed by my return?
1: Yeah, we've seen it before. Same old story knock knock same old symptoms knock knock same old cold knock. who's there
12: it's me covid i'm coming in whether you like it or not <laughs> <sighs> COVID. Yeah. all
0: right covid get out <laughs> Oh wait, no, COVID stick around. I want you to hear this is this is from back when uh COVID was first uh being used to uh mask everybody. I found this clip. It's making the rounds again in response to the resurgence of the COVID boogeyman. Uh this was a kid ranting at a school board meeting. Uh but this, this has got to be a couple years old now because this was back when everybody was masked up originally. And he wasn't having it. This kid, he couldn't be more than eight or nine years old, but he has more wisdom than anybody else in the room. Uh, here he is. Listen, masks, well, we all, by what
3: I've seen here, we all pretty, mu- we pretty much, a lot of people here have been saying that, you know, masks are bad. And I agree with that. But I want to incorporate another element into this, the media. The media has been brainwashing people. You have to understand that the media, the mainstream media, like CNN has been been brainwashing these people to be like just under like a spell of democratic stuff, and it's making them wear these masks that are unnecessary and making them lose oxygen. And it's bad, it's so bad for a community. And we need to fight back. I know I'm a kid, and, I, and to be honest, we need to be like Power Rangers. We need to fight back. We need to fight back against evil. Because CNN The mainstream media are evil. They are trying to make us under a spell. And we need to resist it. We need to resist masks. We need to resist all of it. Okay? And we need to fight back. (laughs) Even the Bible says that we have the ability to read. So the government is disobeying the Bible, disobeying the gospel, done.
0: He is done. <laughs> and so are we. <laughs> yeah, the wisdom of a child. He won't get anywhere near the uh, the boost that Greta gets. But Greta is a brilliant child. This, this kid is a moron.
12: That's right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sounds like the next David Hogg. Jeremy Siegel.
0: I'm so glad you could be here for the celebration of our 50 of, of fifty episodes. Al, Big Al and Joliet, executive producer. Thank you for coming in today.
10: Thank you for having me on. This was wonderful. We'll have to have you back. That would be wonderful. I'm going to do one quick assignment. And what I'll do is... Andrew, turn me on to Adam Curry's No Agenda podcast. I'm going to impersonate Adam Curry's intro to get more of like the FM disc jockey vibe for practice.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, send that in. I want to hear, now I want to hear a, 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 a group of takes of you of you <laughs> practicing that intro. We actually did that. I, I, uh, I mocked an entire No Agenda yeah. intro for, I think it was like episode two or episode three. I have to go back and and listen to that. al go back and listen to that and clip it for the next episode all right (laughs) this is fantastic he's i'm tempted to bring him in for every recording it's great to have a a producer (laughs) on site we have to have him listening in for every recording
1: yeah i'm jealous It'd be great if we could have like... we have to li- get Mike and Vernon Hills over here.
0: Yeah, I would love that if we could get Mike from Vernon Hills to, uh, listening live too and producing with us. That would be amazing. Uh, no Agenda has that. They have what's called the troll room. They have people who are listening in while they are recording live. Uh, so uh, they're able to have a room full of producers. It'd be great to have that one day. Uh, the Truth Bait Podcast will persevere, will continue on uh, in one form or another. Uh, it's 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 too good to let go. Uh, so, Jeremy, I hope that you can continue on and be with us more often. What do you think, Jeremy? Do, I, well, do you think you'd be able the best
1: to? Best of my ability. Will you be with us on Tuesday? Yeah. I will not be here on Tuesday because
0: <laughs> you are invited on Tuesday. I okay. I don't I know if Tuesday's going to happen. I, you know, I, <laughs> I, it's just not as much fun for me alone. And maybe it'll happen if something, if there's content that I'm motivated by and want to share with people, there will be a podcast on Tuesday. Otherwise I'm going to wait until Jeremy's available
1: again. Can you do next Friday? I might be able to do next Friday. I, I know I can't do next Tuesday, but I might be able to do next Friday. I don't know. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. It is fun. Um, maybe on
0: your days off, when you're not in... Maybe we do turn it into more of an interview format, Well, where I, where I bring on a special guest for the episode, and we go, we deep dive on a particular subject...
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to do it. But you're going to want to be here for it, and it. I want you to great. be here for those interviews. <laughs> it's
0: not as good to interviewing somebody without you. <sighs> All right, we will figure it out. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you uh, to, uh, well, who else? Who, who else wrote in, Jeremy? We had Jeff and Elkhorn, right? Al in studio. Anyone else? Am I, am I, oh, Jeremy dropped. I'm sorry, oh. I dropped you.
1: You dropped me again. Yeah. Who who do we have to thank, Jeremy? Uh, thank Mike and Vernon Hills. Thank Big Al. Thank everybody. Thank everybody for listening. Thank <laughs> God we're here and now
0: back into the sea of clickbait with us all